It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Alaska's emergency disaster declaration for COVID-19 lapsed on Sunday, but that hardly means the end of the statewide effort to combat the ongoing pandemic. The mandates issued by the governor's office during the emergency are now considered recommendations and orders are now alerts. Brian Fisher, incident commander for the state of Alaska Emergency Operations Center, told reporters last week that no one was packing up the shop anytime soon. We really aren't changing any of our recommendations out there. So people um, wearing masks, continuing the social distance, um, asking people to get tested before they travel or when they get back here into the state. So we're going to keep that all in place. What really will change uh, with the expiration of the emergency is, uh, for example, the health orders that we have in place that require uh, a molecular test for SARS-CoV-2 prior to coming to the state. um, That requirement will turn into a recommendation from us in the interim until that emergency is expired. So we still uh, are encouraging all travelers and, you know, all all folks um, either living here or visiting the state to continue to compl- uh, uh, to participate in all of those things that we've been recommending you know, for the last year. That's the advice of health officials as well. Heidi Hedberg is the director of the Division of Public Health. She said testing for travelers was especially important as part of the state's surveillance program for the recently discovered variants of COVID-19, which are believed to be more infectious. And she added that non-residents won't be stuck with a big bill if they fail to get a test before their trip. For out-of-state residents that are coming up to um, visit Alaska, will we still be charging the $250? The answer is no. Um, We are not going to be charging. Um, That's one of the changes between a health order to a health alert. Um, And I would just piggyback on to what Brian said. You know, these are changing to recommendations. The infrastructure at the airports is still remaining. We're still asking travelers tourists, Alaskans to still get tested and to submit the travel declaration. Although the disaster declaration expired on Sunday, the state House of Representatives finally organized a bipartisan majority on Monday. Passing a new disaster declaration may be among the measures to come before the House once committee assignments have been finalized. You can find more information about the state's COVID-19 health alerts online at our COVID-19 information hub at kcaw.org. All fishermen in U.S. waters must wear masks while they are underway, even while sleeping, and the Coast Guard intends to enforce it. The order is in place now, and fishermen are encouraged to send in comments and questions. Alaska Fish Radio's Lainey Welch reports. All fishermen in U.S. waters must wear masks while they're underway, even while sleeping, and the Coast Guard intends to enforce it. The order is in place now, and fishermen are encouraged to send in comments and questions. It stems from an edict issued as a public health emergency by the Center for Disease Control in a marine safety bulletin issued on February 1st. It requires the wearing of masks at all times on fishing vessels, when boarding, disembarking, and for the duration of travel to prevent the spread of the COVID-19 virus. 
The action states that conveyance operators traveling into or within the U.S. may transport only persons wearing masks and must use best efforts to ensure that masks are worn. Best efforts include allowing entry to a vessel only to those who wear masks, instructing persons that failure to comply constitutes a violation of federal law, and removing any person who refuses to comply. Exceptions to the rule apply while eating or drinking or communicating with a hearing-impaired person or if a person is unconscious. A fisherman who is the only operator aboard also can go maskless. National Fisherman Editor Jessica Hathaway was the first to break the news last week. She said that enforcing this rule would certainly be difficult, but the Coast Guard clarified to her that it will be enforced. She added that it clearly opens the door for being boarded and fined. The mask requirement will remain in effect until it's modified or rescinded by the Secretary of Health and Human Services. That was Lainey Welch reporting from Kodiak. Welch's Alaska Fish Radio is sponsored by the Sitka-based Alaska Marine Safety Education Association and by Ocean Beauty Seafoods. The state of Alaska has issued the first of several expected preliminary decisions to transfer some land to the Petersburg Borough. It's part of a large land entitlement that goes along with the creation of the borough government in 2013. Joe Vignicki reports. When Petersburg expanded its boundaries in 2013, the size of the municipal government's state land entitlement also increased. Then it increased a whole lot more with the passage of a 2017 state law. Most of that land has yet to change hands, and it's a long process. But this decision identifies 1,452 acres that the state proposes to turn over to the municipal government. Rachel Longacre is section chief for the state's land conveyance section, part of the Department of Natural Resources. It looks like a really good uh, decision going forward. Uh, My staff did a great job of identifying areas that rather than just retain or postpone um, large swaths of land, we really tried to boil it down to how much can we get to the borough immediately. We know that the boroughs need to use um, this land for their community, and that's important to us. The 2017 legislation increased Petersburg's share of state property to over 14,000 acres, so this decision just covers about 10% of that. Two more preliminary decisions are expected out sometime with additional acreage. The parcels covered under this decision were the first priorities identified by a local selection committee in 2016. The borough's community and economic development director, Liz Cabrera, says they were priorities identified before the 2017 bill. When we thought that perhaps we would only be eligible for about 1,400 acres. And so these were the priority selections. Um, And I think it still makes sense to have these go through first since these were the ones that we really um, thought would be of benefit to the borough in the long term. The selection committee focused on the available state land that could be easily used for economic development. That includes waterfront property that can be sold for homes. The request also includes rock pits and boat ramps and the land around a mothballed ferry terminal at the southern end of Mitkoff Island. Other state agencies have weighed in on the transfer and the preliminary decision follows some of the recommendations but not all. As drafted, the state's Longacre says the decision would reject some of the borough's requests. Yeah, there were a couple of areas that unfortunately due to the classifications or due 
to what the area is, and we cannot convey it. Um, so there were 77 acres that were rejected. They're within the southeast state forest. Um, and then the other one is in a special use area. Both of those are LDAs, which is legislatively designated areas. Um, those are written into statute. The state is also proposing to reject the borough's request for the land immediately uphill from the South Mitkoff Ferry Terminal, along with the log transfer facility known as Olson's Log Dump and another log transfer facility at Woodpecker Cove. However, other land near those places would change hands. It's also postponing a decision on some of the land near Falls Creek that's close to fish habitat. Other parcels that are proposed for transfer are near Cape Fanshawe and in Thomas Bay on the mainland near Petersburg, at Frederick Point and near Cabin Creek Reservoir, also at Three Lakes Loop Road near Falls Creek, and on Southern Mitkoff near Little Blind Slough and Woodpecker Cove, as well as several lots on Duncan Canal near Grief Island. Once the land is transferred, the borough's Cabrera says it will ultimately be up to the Petersburg Assembly to decide what to do with it. Whether these lands are to be retained or sold, I mean, I think that's a a fundamental question. We've in the past just speculated that there would be a combination of of those things happening, but without any any real specifics at this point. I think part of it was um, waiting to see what we actually ended up with and, and where before into the details of it. After public comment, the Department of Natural Resources issues a final decision which transfers the management authority for those lands. The borough's Cabrera says many of those parcels are already surveyed, which will speed up the transfer once the final decision is issued. In Petersburg, I'm Joe Vicknicki. Taking a look at the community calendar. The Alaska Housing Rent Relief Program offers information on rent and utility relief to renters and landlords. Visit Alaska Housing Finance Corporation for more information. Sitka Sound Science Center's Science Mobile travels to different locations at 1 and 2 p.m. Wednesdays with science, culture, and art activities for children in kindergarten through fifth grade. Locations are listed at sitkascience.org slash calendar. For more information, email stoby at sitkascience.org. Sitka Fish and Game Advisory Committee holds a public meeting at 6 p.m. today via Zoom. Agenda items include developing a schedule for Sitka AC meetings, Board of Fisheries groundfish and shellfish proposals, and other business. For more information, you can find a link on the community calendar posting or call the ADF&G Board's support at 907-465-4046. The City and Borough of Sitka holds a meeting at 6 p.m. today via Zoom regarding the proposed seaplane base on the north end of Japonski Island. Comments will be taken from the public. The environmental assessment is available at dowl.com slash outreach. For more information, email kelly.cropper at cityofsitka.org. And the Sitka Planning Commission meets at 7 p.m. today in Harrigan Centennial Hall. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. (laughs) 